0: Hi, I'm Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, an internal audit and compliance consulting firm headquartered in Los Angeles, California. I'm also a well-known speaker on topics like COSO 2013, SOX 404, quality assessment reviews, internal auditing, and related topics. Today's interview is with Manny Rosenfeld. Manny Rosenfeld has led broad and best-class internal audit functions for four global Fortune 500 corporations with satellite audit offices in the U.S., U.K., Italy, Spain, China, and Brazil. He is currently seeking a new opportunity as a chief audit executive. Many has uncommon expertise and passion for operational excellence, which leads to a distinctive approach in internal audit. This results in an audit function that not only upgrades compliance and assurance controls, but simultaneously drives more effective and efficient processes with lower risk, reduced cost, fewer errors, faster cycle time. Manny is on the Board of Governors of the Dallas Chapter of the Institute of Internal Auditors, where he coordinates the Chief Audit Executive Roundtables. He graduated from Cornell, where he earned a BS in Industrial Engineering, a Master of Engineering in Management Sciences, and an MBA. He is a certified internal auditor and has a certification in Risk Management Assurance. Manny is also a black belt in Lean Six Sigma. Welcome, Manny.
1: Thank you, Sonia. Looking forward to our discussion.
0: Great. Manny, what was it that inspired you to create the Audit Department Excellence Model, the assessment tool which was recently published in the Internal Audit Magazine with an abbreviated version of your model?
1: Well, Sonia, I've always had a strong desire to uh, help organizations progress on a path to world class and this includes audit departments. Uh, My model really is just a tool to help audit functions to assess where they are on this path and to identify what they could be doing to go forward. Uh, Regardless of the department of function, I, I do feel that leaders shouldn't understand what world class is for their area. They should be constantly aiming to get better. As, as you mentioned, I have been an audit executive with four large companies, and the model really is a reflection of some of the audit practices I implemented along the way. I wanted to share these practices uh, with others when I wrote the model. And you know, we're really fortunate; the audit profession is one where colleagues and other companies really help each other and are willing to share. Before we get to the to the rest of your questions, I, I should say that I view world-class as more of a direction on a journey rather than a final destination. The ending point keeps changing as practices around the world keep improving. Yeah, no, I
0: agree. And just a reminder to everyone listening, you can download a copy of that article in the assessment tool on my blog at www.avivaspectrum.com forward slash blog. To provide a framework for someone who hasn't read the article yet. Could you briefly describe the excellence model and each of its four stages?
1: Sure. Uh, the the actual stages of performance and their names are really somewhat arbitrary. I decided on four stages: uh, lagging, professional, advanced, and world class. And in my article, I do explain these four stages, but the terms are really pretty clear. Uh, For instance, I describe a world-class audit function as a visionary audit department with a passion for being at the forefront of the profession and continually implementing best practices to achieve objectives. So depending on the practices followed by the audit department, uh, points are allocated as a function of how how advanced these practices are, uh, then the total points for all the practices for the audit department are compared to ranges I provided to see at which stage which of the four stages the audit department falls into. So, for example, let's take uh, certifications: you know, CIA, CPA, CISA, CFE. These are the, the main professional certifications. So if a department staffing practice has no requirements for certifications and no financial support for them, this practice would generate a low number of points in the model, indicating a lagging practice. So let's take the other end of the spectrum. Audit department supports and requires professional certifications from the entire audit staff, then this would be world-class in this category. So this would earn the maximum number of points. course um, I have had to ask auditors to leave my department when they didn't achieve the Promise Certification. So this is, this is a painful thing to do, and you want to support your auditors and encourage them and provide training to make sure they succeed. But... Uh, but if they don't succeed, then you need to take hard actions if it's truly a requirement. And maybe a quick note about lagging departments. I don't want to imply that an audit executive is doing a bad job because he's got a lagging department. It could be a relatively new audit function or management does not want and does not provide adequate resources for a better audit function with a comprehensive mission. So... So lagging is uh you know it's not necessarily a bad term, it's just it's just a starting point. Uh, and just getting back to the model in general by seeing where an audit department can earn more points for certain practices, this provides a game plan for improvement.
0: Right. I agree. And Manny, you make a great point that both best practices and organizations are always evolving. How often should an organization look at this metric?
1: Well, once the model is completed for the first time, it really shouldn't take much effort to update it by seeing what new practices have been implemented and and how they have altered the points. So these practices are not that easy to implement. So it, so it doesn't you no know, the, the the model doesn't change daily. It's, it's when something changes in the practice. Uh, I, I do think the model is a good tool for the audit executive to communicate with the entire audit staff as to progress on a world-class path. And this could be presented at every staff meeting, every other staff meeting. Really, when all the other departmental metrics are discussed, this one is part of it. And this... this. Uh, Metric it would help explain the status of improvement projects and changing practices to the staff, so it's worthwhile communicating it pretty frequently uh, and Certainly, if an audit department crosses a stage of performance, say moving from professional to advanced, this is really a, an opportunity for the audits to have to celebrate you know send out a pizza and a cake uh, and, and really celebrate the accomplishment. A bit of caution here. I once took the audit department to a laser tag game to celebrate, and they decided it would be fun to come after me. I got zapped 800 times, so be a little careful (laughs) how how you choose to celebrate. So so be careful
0: what you wish for. Is that what you're saying, Manny?
1: Yes. I didn't know they wanted to shoot me that much. Maybe uh, that that reflects on my leadership style. (laughs) I hope not. So, but In, in any way, perhaps once or twice a year, the, the model results can be discussed with executive management and the audit committee, and this helps get their support and buy-in for improving the audit department. And again, if the audit department yep. crosses one of these uh, stages to, to a more advanced stage, that is something that could be highlighted for management and the audit committee to really demonstrate uh, their the commitment to improve.
0: You just mentioned that whenever there's a big change um, happening, you should obviously look at the metric again. Um, But when it comes to the quality assessment reviews, should someone look at this metric before a quality assessment review or alongside or in conjunction with an independent assessment?
1: Right. Okay. Well, let me me say how I view compliance with the IIA standards, including the quality assurance review, QAR, I see those as a minimum requirement for professional audit shops. So to to become professional, they really need to meet the standards. But there really is quite a bit of further improvement possible between this professional level and world-class levels. Uh, And I, I think an audit executive should not really wait for the QAR to complete the model. Completing the model is really not a big effort. The, the hard part is really driving the improvement by changing practices. That, that's really what takes a lot of time. Um, and I would say using the model would be part of the ongoing quality assurance effort that an internal audit group should do all the time, even though the QAR is only done periodically. Um uh, During a QAR, though, I would present the results of the model as as part of the documentation provided to the QAR assessor. It it does communicate what the department is working on and what it prioritizes. Uh, It is also, I think, a good idea to ask the QAR assessor to independently validate the practices selected in the excellence model. This would give the results uh, more independence and more credibility.
0: Right. So in other words, the deliverable before the quality assessment helps out just to give the chief audit executive a path towards world-class excellence, but also to, as a leading practice in our industry, people should consider showing the quality assessment reviewer, uh, giving them a copy of, hey, this is what I have. I want to implement, or we have been implementing this model, and here are the elements I really want you to validate, such that when the deliverable finally given to the board, right, the, there's a QAR report <clears throat> alongside with that, the audit committee should be given a copy of those validation efforts. It seems like.
1: Right. I agree with that.
0: exactly. Excellent. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I have yet to see it in our industry done on a regular basis. So that I, I think that's definitely leading practice. Um, if, If one were to look closely at the scoring system, it seems it would be easy to create an action plan that moved a department quickly into a higher stage, such as hiring more experienced staff members, which could then add 10, 15, or even 20 points. Uh, The value of doing so for the department and corporation is so obvious. Manny, what are some other needle movers that would help a department score on the model?
1: I think probably the most important practice in the model is the mission of internal audit. Uh, so depending on the breadth and depth of the mission, then other more advanced practices would be needed. Uh, so the Audit Committee and Executive Management really supports a broad mission for audit. This is to empower the audit executive to pursue excellence in staffing, tools, practices, and processes So this mission is the the most powerful needle. By a broad mission, I I would mean not only the traditional assurance and compliance roles, but also process improvement, consultative projects, risk assessment, uh, pre-implementation reviews. So, for instance, you can see that if the expectation is that internal audit would be active and consultative on process improvement projects, then this would drive the audit department to recruit more operationally experienced, mature, and business-oriented auditors. You would not need this as much if the mission was the narrower assurance and compliance. If the audit committee and management have low expectations for the mission of audit, I think it's really very unlikely for that audit department to even approach world-class levels
0: Yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think the mission is is definitely critical to start moving the needle forward to world class. Even though a quality assessment review is only required once every five years for an internal audit department and corporations who are diligently trying to move into world class level, doing a QAR at the midpoint, say in their third year, could be a useful tool to create the best practices and benchmarks necessary. Uh, Manny, would you agree?
1: Uh, I agree totally, Sonia. A uh, QAR every three years sounds about right for an advanced or world-class audit shop. And, you know, the minimum of every five years, that's for a professional audit group. Uh, a lagging audit function probably has not done one in the past five years. And uh, as you mentioned, a world-class organization should be constantly benchmarking itself and learning emerging best practices. And this would include uh, participating in audit executive roundtables, attending professional seminars and conferences, uh, reading white papers, of course, listening to blog talk radio, uh, benchmarking more advanced audit shops, et cetera. But really one of the most powerful ways to learn is from a comprehensive QAR, especially if the goal established is not only to assess the professional standards, but also to obtain suggestions for best practice. When I've commissioned QARs in the past, I always made it a, a very strong requirement that I expected to hear suggestions for improving practices.
0: Yeah. Now, talking about world-class performance for a minute, how can a world-class internal audit team add to a corporation's growth and well-being and even their bottom line
1: Well, for any organization, the better the operational practices, the better it can accomplish its strategic objectives, so it can can execute better. And basically, the internal audit function has two main objectives, helping to protect the company and helping to improve the company. Those are pretty straightforward and basic objectives. And it, it makes sense that the better the practices of the audit department, the better its two missions can be accomplished. So for any company, minimizing losses by properly managing risk and maintaining sound controls uh, is important. Uh, The company can also get more efficient and save money by improving processes. So a great audit department with great practices helps the company achieve both of those objectives. And From what I've seen, uh, many audit shops focus on the helping protect part, but not as much on the helping to improve part. Uh, The model rewards audit shops with many more points uh, for emphasizing both objectives.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Now, how important is it that the chief audit executive is intimately involved with the C-level decision makers of the organization to create a forward-moving plan towards world-class performance?
1: Well, it's absolutely critical. Uh, you know, as I mentioned in my article, if a company does not encourage world-class performance in the business, it is not going to value, support, and insist on world-class performance in internal audit. Right? I should add that it's not enough for a company to vaguely wish to be world-class. Driving world-class performance takes a tremendous amount of leadership and commitment, uh, One of the very best CEOs I I worked for was Paul O'Neill at Alcoa. And he would ask any department he visited some powerful questions. He would ask, who is world class in your area? How do you know? What are your metrics versus theirs? Have you benchmarked with them? What quantum leap projects are you doing to catch up and surpass them? When will this be done? Can you can you imagine if you're a department or unit leader and the CEO asks you these questions and you don't have good answers? In any case, we all got around very quickly and, and every department was extremely focused on what was world class, how do you get there and and what are the projects. So and it is absolutely critical that executive management and the audit committee require their audit shops to be the best they can be. Um now the audit the executive has a persuasion and education role in convincing the company of the value of a world-class audit function. And this may be a very, very difficult challenge for the audit executive, and in some companies it may, may be impossible. If they're not pursuing world-class themselves, they're certainly not going to encourage it in an internal audit.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that was probably one of the best powerful conversations you probably had dealing with an executive that gets world-class, not to mention it's part of his DNA. It's his makeup to ask every department to go to that level, which is amazing. Um, Your framework for excellence is, is for me, it was one of the best I've ever seen. Are you planning any further uh, developments of that model?
1: Yeah, Sonia, thank you very much for, the, for your kind words. Uh, the article I wrote for Internal Auditor magazine was limited to 2,000 words, so that was their limit. And So I really had to present a condensed form of the model in the article. In, in my mind, instead of the uh, three tables I described in the article, there should be about eight or nine tables, each highlighting a different aspect of the internal audit department. And I just started to partner with one of the big four firms to create an expanded version of the model. So we're just starting, uh, but I'm really looking forward to uh, taking to the, this to the next level. Just as I, as I expect audit departments to improve, I should be improving the model itself. As, as you mentioned, it's part of part of the DNA to drive improvement.
0: Absolutely. Now, developing this metric is obviously something you are. Were- highly invested in many, can you share with us the top three benefits you've seen implementing this uh, model?
1: Sure. This will be a bit of a summary of what we've been discussing. Uh, So first, the model provides a a framework for assessing performance, and this is a critical part of improvement. You can't improve unless you know where you are. Uh, Second, the model highlights individual practices that audit shops can implement to move up the spectrum towards world class. So, that's a second benefit. And third, the model provides a communication tool so that audit management, the audit staff, executive management, and the audit committee can all clearly see where the audit department is, where it's going, and what are the things that need to be done to get there. So, it's really a a way to reach consensus on a direction for audit. As as a last comment, I want to emphasize the model is really just a tool. The really important thing and the most difficult is actually improving the audit practices to better accomplish the missions of internal audit, of helping to protect and improve the company. And a a great executive management team recognizes this, expects world-class Performance from their audit function and really properly support their audit
0: function. I totally uh, agree with you there, Manny. And I really want to thank uh, Manny Roosevelt for being my guest today. There's no missing Manny's contribution to the entire audit industry. After years of hard work, Manny came up with this four stage maturity model that benchmarks the determining factors of whether or not a company's audit department is world class and just how far off the mark they may be. With the quality assessment review only being done once every five years, that leaves a large window for a department to stray from the mark. And even if their intentions are excellent, simply because they do not have the necessary benchmarks and standards. The objective metric that Manny created gives a department the opportunity to create a strategic plan to rise to the highest level possible to be best of breed and truly serve the corporation. Manny, you are a leader in our industry, and we are all grateful for your deep commitment to excellence. I look forward to the IAA approving your model and putting it out there Um, and to the other amazing work you create down the road. This is Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, signing off. Just a reminder, you can find Manny's entire article on my blog at www. AvivaSpectrum.com forward slash blog.
1: Thank you, Sonia.